0: Hello and welcome back to CHP Sports episode 17 where after a week off we are back talking about seven college football bowl games including both college football playoffs semifinals this week and we'll have the national championship pick next week as well as week 17 in the NFL as we are down to the final two weeks of the NFL season before we get to the playoff but um, that'll be our show today with all those picks coming up right after this. We start today's episode off with the Cheez-It Bowl this week between the number 19 Clemson Tigers uh, and the Iowa State Cyclones. This game will kick off today, Wednesday, the 29th at 5.45 p.m., just in a few minutes from now. Um, we'll probably already start it by the time of this posting, but um, we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, Clemson comes in, in this one at 9-3, and three, and for the first time in a long time, not the ACC champions as that will be the Pittsburgh Panthers who we'll get to in a minute. And they'll be facing an Iowa Cyclones team that went, uh, Iowa state Cyclones team that went seven and five this season, um, ending their season with a 48 to 14 win over TCU. Um, Clemson last one, zero over their in-state rival, South Carolina, um, to wrap up their season. Uh, Clemson averaged 26.8 points a game this season while only allowing 15 in this 5-0 and in their last five games. Iowa State wrapped up the season poorly, going 2-3, and three, allowing 20.6 points a game while scoring 32.8. So a little bit of a higher-scoring offense, but also allowing a few more points a game than this uh, Clemson Tigers offense. Um... Clemson in this one is favored by 2.5 with over under a 44, so they're expecting a low-scoring game. Um, I believe Clemson is actually down to 2 today, uh, but it was 2.5 when I uh, uh, last looked at this. Uh, but I'll expect Clemson to come out on top on this one. I think this one could be close in a back-and-forth game, but I would expect the Tigers to come out on top of the Cyclones in the Cheez-It Bowl. Our next bowl game up, we have the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which will be tomorrow at 1130 a.m. between the North Carolina Tar Heels and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Both teams entering this game at six and six and both um, two and three in their last five games. Also both coming off losses with North Carolina losing 34-30 to NC State in their rivalry week. And as we just mentioned, South Carolina lost 30-0 to their in-state rival, Clemson. Uh, North Carolina scores uh, quite a bit more than the Gamecocks at 36.4 points a game to South Carolina's 21.3, but their defense has been uh, a little suspect this season uh, allowing thirty one point six points a game, and uh, South Carolinas has been a little stronger at twenty four point three points a game. Both teams will all as a lot of these bowl games will obviously be without some of their players that is either opting out because of COVID, um, some preparing for like the Senior Bowl or the NFL draft, and then some transferring out. South Carolina will be without Jason Brown, who started the last few games of the season as uh, Zeb Nolan will be entailed to start his uh, final college career game before um, Spencer Rattler, uh, the big news transfer for South Carolina will come in next season. But, um, This game could be good. North Carolina is favored by nine and a half. It opened at seven and it has just been going up recently with a higher over under than I would have expected at 57. But I um, this could be a good game. It depends on how South Carolina's offense plays. Um, they can't leave a goose egg on the board like they did against their rivals. Obviously, if they want to be competitive, uh, for a bowl game win here after a very successful first year season under um, Shane Beamer, but I expect Mac Brown's Tar Heels to come out on top. Our next bowl game up will be the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, which will also be tomorrow at seven p.m. Uh, between the ACC champion, number twelve ranked Pittsburgh Panthers and the number 10 Michigan State Spartans. Pittsburgh wrapped up their season at 11-2 and two with a 45-21 to 21, uh, win over number 16 Wake Forest at the time in the ACC championship game to get the ACC championship. A little controversy with uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett's fake slide run for a touchdown, uh, which has already changed the rule back, which you're not allowed to do that, but hey, it was legal at the time, and he pulled it off. Uh, Fantastically, uh, and they'll be facing number ten Michigan State Spartans, who wrapped up at ten and two with a thirty to twenty seven win over Penn State to wrap up their season. Um, both uh Pittsburgh was five and zero in their last five games to Michigan State's three and two. Pittsburgh had the edge offensively, averaging forty three points a game to Penn uh Michigan State. Sorry, nine uh thirty one point nine, and but. Uh, Pittsburgh also had the edge defensively, allowing only 23.1 points a game to Michigan State's 25.7. How this Michigan State team has fallen after they were very good and competitive and were able to come back and defeat Michigan when they played earlier this season and then were just flattened by Ohio State and um, lost to Iowa and had a slow end to the season for the Spartans. Um, But Pittsburgh will be playing without quarterback Kenny Pickett, the Heisman finalist in this one, as he is already looking ahead to the NFL draft, which really leads Michigan State to be favored by two and a half in this one, with an over-under of 56 points, and if Kenny Pickett was playing, I would probably give this slight edge to the Panthers, but without him, I will give... um, I'll go with Michigan State to come away with this one in the Peach Bowl. Our next game up is the Rose Bowl on uh, January 1st, 2022, next year at 5 p.m. uh, Between the number 11 Utah Utes, who came out as Pac-12 champions, uh, as they dominated number 10 at the time, Oregon, 38-10 for the second time this season. When the first one 38 to 7, and the second one 38 to 10. And they will be facing number six Ohio State Buckeyes, who wrapped up their season with a uh, for the first time in eight years losing to Michigan 42 to 27 on the road. Um, Ohio State had a very strong season at 10 to 2, Utah as well at 10 and 3, and they were also Pac 12 champions, as we mentioned. They wrap their season, as we said, with that 38-10 win over Oregon in the championship game. Uh, Ohio State has the edge offensively, scoring about 45.5 points a game to Utah's 35.5. But Utah very ever so slightly holds the edge defensively, allowing only 20.6 points a game to Ohio State's 20.9. Utah wrapped the season up 5-0 in their final five games, Ohio State was four and one. Ohio State is favored by four and a half points in this one, with an over/under of sixty-four. So they're expecting a high-scoring game in this one. Um, Ohio State will be without some key contributors. Uh, a couple wide receivers, uh, mostly headlined by Chris Olave, will not be participating in the bubble game. Uh, but CJ Stroud, the other uh, another Heisman finalist, it seems like, is going to play. Uh, but I'm actually going to give, um, go with the upset here and pick Utah to come away with this one as they just really showed, um, some strength at the end of their season, uh, even with the three losses. And I think this Buckeyes team is a little vulnerable. They had a little bit of a down year after last year being in the national championship game, uh, 10-2 10-2 and 2 is still a very strong year, but by their standards recently, it's kind of a little down year, especially with the fact that they didn't beat Michigan. So I'm actually going to roll with the Utes to come away with the win in the Rose Bowl here. Our next bowl game up, uh, our last one before we get to the playoff, is the All-State Sugar Bowl, which is also on Saturday, January 1st at 8.45 p.m., and this will be between number se- the number 7 Baylor Bears the Big 12 champions over Oklahoma State. What a game that was. And the number 8 Old Miss Rebels who are at large out of the SEC. Baylor wrapped their season 11 and 2 with a bow on that 21 to 16 win versus number 5 Oklahoma State. What a game that was as Oklahoma State came up mere inches short of scoring a touchdown. Uh Right at the end of the game, that would have won them the game, but Baylor was able to stop them just short and hold on for the win. Old Miss wrapped up their season with a thirty one to twenty one win over their rivals in Mississippi State to get them to a ten win season at ten and two under second year coach Lane Kiffin. Uh, Kiffin's offense and the Rebels held the edge over Baylor, scoring about thirty five point nine points a game to Baylor's thirty two point five. But they uh dropped the ball defensively, as Baylor only allowed nineteen point two to uh Old Miss's twenty five points a game. Both these teams also had pretty strong uh, finishes to their season, going four and one in their final five. Old Miss is favored in this one by one and a half with an over/under of fifty-five and a half points, and even with their being ranked just below, I expect the Rebels to come away with a win in this one. I think this one should be a very good and competitive game, and would not be surprised if Baylor fights some tooth and nail to the end. But I would expect. Uh, I'm going to go with Old Miss to come away with the win in this one. As we head into our playoff games, we start off with the Cotton Bowl Classic, which will be actually this Friday, uh, New Year's Eve, December thirty first, uh, to wrap up the year at three thirty with between the number four Cincinnati Bearcats, at thirteen and zero, the American champions, as they won thirty five to twenty over number uh, twenty one Houston, who actually just won their bowl game over Auburn uh, yesterday. And the number one Alabama Crimson Tide at twelve and one, the SEC champions as they rocked number one Georgia at the time, 41 to 24. Uh really surprising a lot of us who picked on that game as I was one who picked Georgia, but hey, Alabama is still Alabama, and they came away with a win in the championship game. Um, the Bearcats this season, as we said, were undefeated 13-0, the first group of uh, five conference, uh, conference uh, to make it to the playoff. Uh, with a very strong season, obviously 5-0 in their last fives, so they didn't lose a game this season, only allowing 16.1 points a game, better than Alabama's 20.2, and just sc- scoring just under Alabama at 39.2 points a game to Bama's 42.2. The Crimson Tide, as we mentioned, 141-24 over uh, Georgia in the SEC Championship game, and were also 5-0 in their last five uh, with a little bit of a scare in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, but a very strong season again for Alabama uh, with their Heisman-winning quarterback, Bryce Young, uh, first-year starter. Alabama is favored heavily in this one by 13.5, with an over-under of 57.5, And as much as I want to tip my um, cap to the Cincinnati Bearcats for an undefeated season and making it to the playoff, and congrats on being the first group of five conference team to make it here, I'm obviously going to roll with the Crimson Tide to come away uh, in this one. But it's a very strong season for Cincinnati, and we'll see if they can play spoilers and continue the Cinderella story on Friday. Right, following that game on New Year's Eve at 7:30 p.m., we have the number three Georgia Bulldogs at 12 and one, and the number two Michigan Wolverines, the Big Ten champions, at 12 and one. Georgia, we just talked about, finished their season after going 12 and 0 with a 41 to 24 loss to number three at the time, Alabama, as they swapped rankings with them for these playoffs, and Michigan finished with a 42 to three. Win over number thirteen Iowa in the Big Ten championship game as both these teams went twelve and one. Georgia had the edge offensively and defensively, uh, defensively this season, going, scoring thirty nine point four points a game to Michigan's thirty seven point seven, and only allowing nine and a half points a game to Michigan's sixteen point one. Georgia also was four and one in their last five games, and Mich- uh, Michigan was five and zero. Georgia is favored in this one by seven and a half points with an over-under of 45 and a half. So uh, we're expecting to see a little less fireworks than uh, Cincinnati and Alabama. But I'm going to roll with the Bulldogs in this one. I think we might once again see an all-SEC national championship game and a rematch of the SEC championship game just like it was a couple years ago between Georgia and Alabama. But I think this Michigan team also... Could prove me wrong uh, with how strong that defense is as they had the final other Heisman finalist candidate in their defensive end and had a very strong season. They finally got over the hump of Ohio State, and we will see what happens on Friday. But those are my picks for college football, and right coming up after this, we will be back with Week 17 in the NFL. Uh, can't wait for these playoff games and uh, to see what happens, but here we go with the NFL. Two weeks ago in uh, in the NFL, I went ten and six as we did not have an episode last week. And last week I went eleven and five as the picks were on our Instagram page at CHB Sports, as we uh, posted those before we were able, uh, as we weren't able to have an episode last week. But that brought my uh, two week stretch as, uh, to twenty one and eleven in the NFLs. We didn't have a college game bringing my overall record for the season to 151 and 90. Our college uh, record still stands at 38 and 27 coming into the bowl games this week. And my NFL record is up to 113 and 63 coming into NFL week 17. But, um, once again, obviously this week we have all 16 teams in play as bye weeks have been over for a couple weeks now. And we are in the final two weeks stretch before wild card weekend. Um, So we will start off with the Atlanta Falcons at 7-8 coming to face the Buffalo Bills at 9-6. Yeah, no Thursday night game this week as it looks like uh, with all the college bowl games going on. I guess the NFL just decided not to have one this week as we have 15 games on Sunday and then we also wrap the week up as normal with Monday night football. But I believe this is the final week of one night football. I do not think there will be a game next week. But coming into this one, the Falcons last week are coming off a win over the Lions uh, as Tim Boyle was playing at quarterback with Jared Goff out with COVID. Uh, Tim Boyle gave them uh, a fight to the end, but the Falcons were able to come away with a 20-16 win to get their record to 7-8 and eight and stay on the brink of playoff contention. Um, yeah, um, it doesn't look like they're going to make the postseason, but they're not eliminated yet, so um, okay season for the Falcons. Kind of one of those years you don't want to have. You want to be either be very good and be in Super Bowl condition or be very bad to have a good draft pick, and they're just going to kind of end up there in the middle. Um, meanwhile, in their opponent, the Buffalo Bills, they came off a huge 33 to 21 lead over the Patriots to take the lead back in the NFC East. Um, they were able to capitalize off Patriots turnovers early in the game, uh, and just hold off the comeback from Mac Jones and company to get the win and get, uh, get the nine and six same records, the Patriots, but, we, uh, as they split the divisional games, the bills have the tiebreaker to give them the lead in the NFC, uh, East. The, sorry, the AFC East. Buffalo is favored in this one at home by 14.5, and I would expect them to come away decently easily with a win over the Falcons. Bar any of my picks, like last week's Dolphins Saints game, get ruined by COVID after I make the picks. So we'll see what happens. In our next game up, we have the New York Giants at 4-11. And the Chicago Bears at 5-10 and 10 in a battle of lowly NFC squads. The Giants lost their fourth consecutive game. Their last win, ironically, was against the Eagles, who they were dominated by this week uh, by Jalen Hurts. Uh, 34-10 to to drop the Giants to 4-11 and as Daniel Jones is out for the year and Mike Glennon is starting for the G-man. Meanwhile, Chicago was on a huge losing streak as well, but Nick Foles was back in the starting lineup this week with um, starting quarterback Justin Fields dealing with some injury, and um, I believe Andy Dalton is either hurt or on the COVID list again. So Foles returned to the starting lineup and got the Bears their first win in a while with a 25-24 win over Seattle on a thriller off a two-point conversion uh, to Demir Bird at the end. So... Um, very great finale, uh, by Foles and the Bears to come away with a win over Seattle, um, on the road. So, um, but it's all too little too late as the Bears sit at five and 10 and are obviously not going to make the postseason much like the Giants. Chicago is favored by six in this one at home, and I expect them to, actually make it back-to-back wins and come away with a win here over the Giants. Our next game up is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. This game has a lot of playoff implications and um, could be catastrophic to that tight AFC North race um, as the Chiefs look for their ninth straight win as they got their eighth uh, in a row this week over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. To bring the record up to eleven and four. This these Chiefs were three and four after seven games. Now eleven and four and are very close to clinching the number one seed in the AFC as they look to make it to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Bengals dominated uh the Baltimore Ravens last week. Um no Lamar Jackson with his injury still out, no Tyler Huntley as he Tested positive for COVID right before the game. So it was third-string quarterback Josh Jackson, who they just signed off the practice squad. He played a game for the Jets earlier this season. And um, he didn't do too bad for a quarterback that was just brought up and probably didn't know much of the playbook. But Joe Burrow had himself a day as the Ravens' defense could not stop him. Uh, Receivers wide open all day, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase had a field day as Burrow was in tune for 525 passing yards, the fourth most by a quarterback in NFL history. In the 41-21 win, Joe Burrow also became the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for over 900 yards against a single team in a season between his two matchups with the Ravens this season. So very good day for the Cincinnati Bengals, and they are, In a good shape to win this AFC North. Very surprisingly from the start of the season. And make it to the postseason for the first time in a while. But we'll see if they can make it through a tough Kansas City Chiefs squad. Whose offense has found their footing recently. They're favored by five on the road. And I'm going to give this one to the Chiefs. But if the Cincinnati Bengals are on like they were against the Ravens. I could see them putting up a fight and possibly... Coming away with the win this week, but I'm going to give the slight edge to the Chiefs. Our next game up is another interesting one between the Miami Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans. This Miami Dolphins team was left for dead. Started the season 1 0 before losing seven consecutive games to drop to 1 7, and here they are seven weeks later at 8 7, the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game win streak and seven-game losing streak in the same season and are also looking to become the first team ever to make the postseason after being six games below 500 with their 22-3 win over the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football as Ian Book made his NFL debut with Trevor Simeon uh, and T- uh, Taysom Hill out with covid and obviously Jameis Winston out for the season with an injury. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Titans got themselves a big win on Thursday night football over twenty to seventeen with the Indianapolis Colts after a slow start lurking right there with a chance to possibly have taken the division if the Titans had lost it, leaving it would have really left the door open. But the Titans got the big win over the Niners, twenty to seventeen, and are about one win away, I think, from clinching the uh, AFC South, which they'll look to do against the Dolphins. Tennessee is favored by three and a half here at home, and I would expect the Titans to come away uh, with the win, but you never know with this Dolphins squad that has just been on fire, red hot. So we'll see what happens Sunday, but I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Sorry, with the Tennessee Titans. Our next game up is between the Las Vegas Raiders at 8 and 7 and speaking of the 9 and 6 Indianapolis Colts um the Colts come into this one off a huge uh win over the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas Day uh 22 to 16 meanwhile the Raiders come into this one um <clears throat> After beating Denver 17-13, to after they almost killed themselves with turnovers as um, an interception uh, that was returned one yard short of the end zone, and then a fumble that left Denver right in field goal range, almost gave, um, gave Denver 10 easy points um, and scored really 10 of their 13 total points. Uh, for Drew Locke and his first start with Teddy Bridgewater out with that injury last week. But the Raiders were able to get the win to get to eight and seven, and they're still in the thick of it in that tight AFC battle for that seven seed as there are a lot of eight and seven and seven and eight squads uh, with a couple weeks ago, or seven, seven and one squads, um, maybe one of those. Um, but the Colts are on fire. This team had a very uh, slow start to the season. I was saying – several weeks. They're better than their record shows and they have come back and have really showed it. And um all due respect to the Raiders. I expect the Colts to get to double digit wins this uh week and get that tenth win over the Raiders and really lock it down and be in the playoffs. Um well actually um I kind of forgot Carson Wentz is actually out with COVID, which might give the Colts some problems, as it looks like Sam Ellinger will be in line for his first career start, much like in Book this week. Um, so with uh, if Carson Wentz, I'm still – oh, that's a tough one. I think I'm still going to go with the Colts because there's – I think there's still a chance Carson Wentz – Carson Wentz could play Sunday, and obviously with the season Jonathan Taylor's been having, he could take over this game and win it all by himself, but I think this game will be closer um, if Carson Wentz can't play and will give the Raiders a chance to come out with a win, but I'm still just barely going to leave it with the Colts. There's actually still no betting line on this game, so no one is favored at the moment. But I'm gonna go with the Indianapolis Colts to come away with this one. In our next game up, we have an AFC showdown between the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at two and thirteen, and the New England Patriots at nine and six. New England is favored by fifteen and a half following that loss to Buffalo, and the Jaguars are coming off a loss to the Jets as Trevor Lawrence still continues to struggle, and has not had double-digit touchdown passes through 15 games so far, as he sits at nine touchdowns. The Patriots are going to win this game, and I'm picking the Patriots. Our next game up is between uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11-4, who are coming off a 32-6 to six win over Carolina after, once again, Cam Newton was benched, and Sam Darwin returned to the lineup, showed a little flash with a big pass to Shy Smith um down the sideline that they still couldn't score a touchdown on and kicked a field goal, and then they got their butts whooped by uh Tom Brady and Co. Despite another subpar performance from Brady. Um Meanwhile, the Jets got their fourth win of the season as Zach Wilson scores two touchdowns, one of the air and one on the ground. Oh, with that twenty six to twenty-one win over the Jaguars last week. But the Jaguars are one thing, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are another. So, Tampa Bay favored by 13 on the road, and they will beat the Jets this week. Our next game up is between the 8-7 Philadelphia Eagles and the 6-9 Washington football team in an NFC East showdown. Um, the Eagles are coming off a big win over their rivals in the Giants' uh, third 4-10 last week as Jalen Hurts had a big game. Um, Meanwhile, Washington lost on Sunday Night Football 56-14 to the Dallas Cowboys. They allowed a punt block for a touchdown, a pick six by a defensive end for a touchdown, and an offensive lineman to score a touchdown. So... I'm not picking Washington. Um, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win this one um, as they're favored by three and a half on the road. And I'm going to obviously go with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Dallas played them last week. I'm going to obviously go with the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. Sorry. Our next game on tap, our final 1 p.m. showing. We have the Los Angeles Rams at 11-4 and and the 8-7 Ravens at 8-8. Uh, the eight and seven Rams. Um, so yeah, we talked about their issues at quarterback as Josh Johnson was the starter, and they got stomped by Cincinnati last week. Meanwhile, the Rams also had their quarterback struggles as starting quarterback Matthew Stadford threw three interceptions, but they were still able to beat Minnesota thirty to twenty three with a good defensive showing despite their quarterback just constantly turning the ball over. So, yeah, the Rams also took the lead in the NFC West as the Cardinals continue to self-implode, but we'll get to them later. And the Rams uh, won again to get to 11-4. So, um, yeah, this game might have been a good game a couple weeks ago, but... The Ravens are the Ravens, and they're another one of those teams who are just falling apart. They've lost, I think it's four games in a row now. Um, They lost to the Packers by one point off a two-point conversion. They lost to the Steelers by one point off a two-point conversion. They got stomped by Cincinnati. Um, So, yeah, and meanwhile, I don't even know who's going to start this week. Um, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's back. I'm guessing Tyler Huntley would clear protocols and be back to start if Lamar is not back, but I don't really think it matters who's playing quarterback there in Baltimore. I expect the Rams to come away with a win in this one and the Ravens to continue their drop from one of the higher AFC teams to out of the playoffs altogether this season, and they might drop to 8-8 this week. Hashtag Dallas Cowboys. But, um, yeah, we'll see, but I expect the Rams to win this one. They're also favored by three and a half on the road. As we get into the first of our two 5 games this week, we have the Denver Broncos at 7-8 who are coming off that loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, a 17-13, to as Drew Locke returned as the starter after Teddy Bridgewater went down with the injury. Drew Locke has obviously been the starter in Denver last season. And I think a little, at least a little bit of the season before. Um, meanwhile, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, found a way to lose to the Texans last week. So, um, this is a lot tougher game to pick than I would have imagined. Um, as this Chargers team looked so good at the start of the season, um, and especially with the Chiefs struggling, it looked like they could win the AFC West this year and possibly be Super Bowl contenders. And now they're eight and seven. And I think they're out of the AFC playoff pitcher at the time being. Um so I think they're favored by five and a half at home. I think I'm still slightly going to give this one to the Chargers as I think Obviously that offense has more firepower and can score unlike Drew Locke, who scored three points, um, besides the turnovers from the Raiders last week. So, um Yeah, we'll see if Denver can make it competitive, but I would think the Chargers would win this one, but I don't really know what to make of this Chargers squad at this point in the season. At as they're sitting at eight and seven. Sheesh. Our next game up is between the Houston Texans, who we just talked about, uh, picked off Justin Herbert twice, and David Mills had himself a very good day and led the Texans to the win to get their record to 4-11. And this week they'll be facing the San Francisco 49ers, who dropped back to 8-7 with that loss to Tennessee on Thursday Night Football. And Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt. And it might lead to Trey Lance, if he's healthy, playing this week. Um, Only time will tell if Jimmy Garoppolo can stick it out and still play through an injury. But um, that loss to Tennessee Hurts, as I still think they're in the driver's seat to get a uh, playoff spot in the NFC. But there are a lot of teams nipping at their heels. Um, So, um, yeah, they're favored by 12.5 against the Texans. But I think if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play, this could possibly be a more competitive game, uh, depending on how the Niners' run game uh, can carry them. and uh, If Debo Samuel can carry in the receiving and running game. Uh, if the Texans play again like last week against the Chargers where they scored 41 points. I'm sorry, I don't even think I said that score. They beat the Chargers 41-29. to 29. Um I think the Texans could possibly be in this one. I still am going to pick the 49ers as I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play or not. Um, And the Texans are the Texans, so I don't put too much stock in them. But I think that I wouldn't expect, even if San Francisco wins, to win by 12.5 points. I would expect a much closer game. Um, And possibly a Texans win pack-to-back weeks, but I'm still going to pick the 49ers in this one. As we dive into our 425 games, we start off with the 10-5 Arizona Cardinals who just can't win a home game, so this week might do well for them as they travel to Dallas to face the Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals we just mentioned, they're 10-5. They lost again at home to the Colts 22-16 on Christmas. Um... The Colts were banged up with a lot of people injured or out with COVID 19 issues, and they still were able to get the win against the Cardinals. As Kyler Murray didn't look terrible, but didn't look great either. He was, he missed several throws. Um, I've seen in the past couple weeks. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys got to 11-4 after absolutely obliterating the Washington football team 56-14 to 14 on Sunday Night Football. Um, they're favored by 5.5 here at home. And I think this could be a good game. It really depends on which Arizona Cardinals team we see. They've had immense struggles in the last couple weeks, so I'm going to give this one to the Cowboys. It looks like the Cowboys might be peaking at the right time, but I think the Cardinals can give them some fight, but I'm still going to give the edge to the Dallas Cowboys. Our next game up is between the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints in a battle of bad NFC teams as the Saints are self-imploding with uh, all the quarterback issues, they've had four different starters between Winston, who's hurt, Trevor Simeon, who got benched for Taysom Hill, and then both went down with COVID, and Ian Bookstar last week and threw a pick six on his first drive. So, um, yeah. Meanwhile, Carolina has had Cam Newton come back uh, to the Panthers this season after uh, being cut by the Patriots before the season started. And he's gone 0-5 as a starter. And the only game he won was with um, very few reps. He was put in, obviously, for those goal line plays and had a passing and rushing touchdown. But P.J. Walker was absolutely the starting quarterback for the Panthers that week. Sam Darnold is back in line to start this week as he returned last week. But he is going. he's back to start this week. As they drop to Tampa, uh, dropped the game to Tampa thirty-two to six. The Saints uh, lost to the Dolphins on Monday Night Football twenty to three. New Orleans is favored by six and a half, and I, I guess I'll go with the Saints. I mean, both these teams are bad, and I, I don't know. I kind of want to pick the Panthers, but I don't know if we'll see early season Sam Darnold, who was pretty good. Or we'll see Sam Dahl right before he got injured where he was playing terrible. So I'm going to give it to the Saints because it's like they win every other one and they're still fighting for their playoff lives at this point. But I'm going to go with the Saints to beat the Panthers. Our final 425 game before we get into the primetime this week is between the 2-12 and 1 Detroit Lions. Uh, who had Tim Boyle start at quarterback last week with Jared Goff out. They lost to Atlanta 20-16. to We talked about the t- uh, top of the NFL. And they're facing the Seattle Seahawks, who lost off of 2.2. Nick Foles and Demir Bird and the Chicago Bears 25-24. to So um, I don't know if Goff will be back. I would imagine he would be back from code protocols. I think this Lions team has more fight than their record shows at only two wins as they just dominated the Cardinals um, just a week ago, so you never know what you're going to get with them. They were right there. They could have beat the Falcons. They obviously beat the Vikings a couple of weeks ago, uh, but and I don't know what I'm going to get with this Seahawks team. They're a bad team, even with Russell Wilson back in the starting lineup. Um, Seattle's fair by seven at home, and I'm going to pick Seattle because – I don't really have too much reason to pick the Lions, but I think the Lions could make it competitive and possibly win, but I'm still going to go with the Seahawks, but we'll see Sunday if Detroit can make it three wins this year. On Sunday Night Football this week, we have an NFC North battle between the Minnesota Vikings, who are pretty much in must-win if they want to stay in the playoff fight as they dropped to 7-8. and eight. Um... Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions, I mean, sorry, the defense had three interceptions last week off uh, Matthew Stadford, sorry, Cousins, um, and they still lost 30-23 to somehow. Um, Green Bay, meanwhile, had four interceptions off Baker Mayfield. Uh, the last one, a little controversial, could have been past interference on Rasheel Douglas, but... It's too late now. Uh, The Packers came away with the win on Christmas Day and are looking to clinch the number one seed and home field advantage in the NFC for the second consecutive season this week. Um, As they, I think there's, it said three possible ways they can clinch it, but obviously the easiest is just to beat the Vikings and clinch it right there. Um Aaron Rodgers also last week passed Brett Favre's uh, Packers records. He came in tied at 442 career touchdowns with Favre. Rodgers threw three, getting his number up to uh, 445. But the record touchdown went to Alan Lazard on Christmas Day, uh, which was cool for the Packers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this could. The Vikings won the game between these two in Minnesota earlier this season. But I think the Packers will be out looking for that one seed, looking for revenge for losing the first game. So I'm going to pick the Packers as they're favored by 6.5 at home here on in Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. But um, this could be a very close competitive game if the Vikings play like they did against Green Bay earlier this season. We will see which form of the Minnesota Vikings we get on Sunday. And our final game of the week Monday night football. We have a AFC North battle between the Cleveland Browns, who we just talked about, the four interceptions by Mayfield on Christmas Day and his return um, to the lineup after he was out against the Raiders with COVID, um, ultimately doomed them. I, st- I think once again I didn't say the score in on that one. Cleveland dropped the game twenty four to twenty two, looking for a late field goal to win it. Um, at the time of the fourth interception to Rasheel Douglas. Um, but, yeah, this Browns team is another one of those teams fighting for their playoff lives, much like their opponent in the 7-7-1 Pittsburgh Steelers, who were just stomped uh, and just slapped around by the Kansas City Chiefs 36-10 to last week uh, to drop their record to 7-7-1. Um, I don't think Mike Tomlin's ever had a losing record in Pittsburgh, and... He could possibly go 8-8-1 eight, eight and one this season, um, but obviously the Steelers probably need to go 9-7-1 and, and win this one if they want to make the postseason. The Browns sitting at, already have that eighth loss sitting at 7-8. They need to obviously go 9-8 to have any chance of making the postseason. So, um, must win for both sides. Um, both teams kind of struggling. Cleveland's lost their last two to the Packers and the Raiders. The Steelers were stomped by the Chiefs last week. So um, I think this could be a close game. Um, it depends on how Ben Roethlisberger plays. It depends on how Baker Mayfield plays. Um, so ah, this one's tight. But I think I'm going to give the slight edge to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are very inconsistent. You never know which one you're going to get. Um, they didn't. They've had games where they've just fallen flat. and They've had games where they've been really good and. Um, very competitive. So um, I'm going to slightly give this to the Browns, but we'll see if the Steelers have anything for them on Sunday. But that will wrap up my NFL Week 17 picks. I can't wait for um to see how all the college bowl games and the NFL picks do this week. And we will be back next uh, Wednesday for our final week of the NFL regular season, uh, Week 18, and obviously our National Championship. for college. Um, In other news, obviously, um, the NHL is back from their uh, pause in play uh, due to COVID issues. Uh, Play resumed last night and uh, the NBA has also had some COVID issues, but they have continued playing uh, a lot of these players um, that have been retired coming back on these 10-day contracts uh, and just kind of bouncing around on teams. Uh, So it's been a crazy... Uh, it's been a crazy wrap up of 2021 as we look ahead uh, to next year, 2021, uh, 2022. <laughs> uh, so happy new year to you all as we will be back in the new year next Wednesday for our next week episode. Um, but we will see you then. And thank you for listening Um, this year as uh, we started around the beginning of the NFL season this year. And we will see you all in the new year, but Thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day.